Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, July 29th, 2023. And this show broadcasts live most Saturdays on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can find it on several podcasting platforms, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, many popular platforms. Today, given that it is the topic of the week, um, I do feel it's important to once again revisit this topic of UFOs, UAPs, and how taking a very strict materialistic perspective towards this overall very important topic is essentially hobbling our exploration, just as it's doing the same to our exploration of reality overall. And I do want to speak to the Fermi paradox again, and I just discovered a new little wrinkle. This has really been in the news in the last couple of months. There have been a lot of stories about this, and I just found a few of them right before the show which we will talk about. And all of these things show an utter lack of vision, understanding, um, expansiveness in considering how a species, including our own, is capable of developing. And it's because we are just so stuck in this very strict way of looking at what science is, which is the exploration of truth. It is not materialism. That's a paradigm in science, and I do believe it will soon be superseded as evidence is truly surfaced of um, reality that is much grander than just the nuts and the bolts, so to speak. With that said, yes, there was a truly historic hearing this past week, Um, Many people are talking about it. Um, I have been involved. um, I used to be somewhat more directly involved in the UFO community myself. I have always spoken of the spiritual aspects, but there were times when I also, I would have booths at a local UFO festival, and then I would go on radio in the days when I was um, a regular caller on a big national show and I would be in person or on a panel and I was always talking about the spiritual 
spiritual way of looking at all of this, the consciousness way, and just how important that is in understanding the overall topic. But also at my booth, I would collect observations from people. Have you seen anything unusual? And just regular people. This was the kind of festival. It was a community festival. It wasn't a specific UFO event, although a lot of UFO people would go to it. And... um, just regular people would come by and say they saw something unusual. And lo and behold, after many years, because I used to love this topic when I was young, Close Encounters of the Third Time came out when I was in junior high. I had already been captivated by Star Wars. And, you know, this this whole thing was very interesting to me. I'd always looked at the stars from when I was very young. And one day, I was in a a locale, a new place um, that I had rented, which was way out in the country. Um, And I was on the phone doing something totally unrelated as night was falling. And I had a view to the west of just this pristine mountains. The mountains were beginning beyond me and really around me. And I saw these, what I can only describe, they were pretty far away, but I stopped my call for a second. I said, just a second, I'm seeing something strange. And, you know, the woman who was on the phone, I had, I just, this just unfolded so naturally um, because um, it had nothing to do with any of these topics. I was dealing with her with respect to a community festival and not one having to do with UFOs. And I just described to her what I was saying. I saw what looked like orbs. That is a real, and I found it interesting that that term, the spherical term, came up during this hearing. And there were there were quite a few of them, um, and they were popping in and out in a way. They were doing things that looked to me, and this came up in the hearing too. Rather interdimensional is is a way you would physically, materially describe it. And what I saw, um, though one could say, oh, you know, maybe it was something spiritual. No, it felt very material. It felt like this was something that was, you know, in the material world. And um, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain the way they moved or um, how they seemed to, like I said, kind of pop in and out. That was the best way I could describe it. And um, and then they were gone. And I, you know, my friend, this woman I was interacting with um, regarding an appearance at, a, at an event, not having, you know, just a community event, um, she, she said, do you ever listen to, you know, one of these shows at night? And we all know there's multiple shows, um, not just one. Um, and so, yeah, of course, you know, she didn't know my other um, interests or anything, and I didn't really explain that all, but it's like, oh, yeah, she said, you, you, you could have seen a UFO, she's saying on the phone. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it happened so fast and in such a casual way, and I never saw anything else again, and I had never seen anything before. I mean, it just kind of happened. Um, so, yep. I can count myself among them. I I didn't do what you're supposed to do. I didn't call MUFON or put in a report or anything like that. I know that would probably have been the right thing to do, but I didn't do it. And um, so it was what it was. So I have witnessed something unusual, and I also learned at my booth over the years 
um, that others have. And then I've had so much involvement over the years in the general um, metaphysical UFO community for years and years and years. I was doing the social media for one of the biggest expos in the world, um, the Conscious Life Expo in L.A., and there were um, a number of people. I mean, it was really interesting to see some of uh, the, the UFO um, leaders, in a way, people who have pursued this for a long time, um, in the audience of this congressional hearing. Um, and I have personally, years ago at that event, I met Stephen Bassett, for example, and I didn't see him in the audience, but he, I saw him interviewed later, and he was there, and he's been on my show. And we had a great um, episode I really should refer to that again because, it, to me, it was one of the best um, kind of point-counterpoint discussions where he was very focused on the materialistic aspects of UFOs, and I was raising some higher consciousness questions, and we both presented this perspective, and it was right here on this show, The Frontier Beyond Fear, some years ago. I think it was um, in twenty. 15 maybe might have been in 2016 right around then it was at a time when ufos were in the news anyway i am digressing a bit just to say that i have some history in this area and i certainly have history in the spiritual community as well and um i am also you know a scientist i have an ms degree in computer science, and my undergraduate degree is in mathematics and also with computer science in those days. That's how you, in my school anyway, my undergrad, you learned computer science. One of the routes was through math, and so, um, and that was part of my path as well. Um, so, with that said, what are we not seeing? We're not seeing a lot. And what I just um, surfaced in some of these articles had to do with the Fermi paradox. Okay, well, maybe the Fermi paradox um, has been solved, and they're saying it's not a paradox, that, you know, these biologic, by the way, I didn't see the entire hearing. I had actually um, intended to try to see it before this show, and it was rather spontaneous, although logical, to do this show on the topic. But I saw enough of it. I saw the ending of it, and I saw snippets from it, or I've heard them, and I will be watching the whole thing because I did DVR it. But I saw enough to know that although it was hearsay evidence in a way, you didn't have the people... Um, who actually were working with this. It was sort of, many people are saying it was reminiscent of a scene out of Independence Day. Many of you have seen it where, um, you know, they're saying, oh, well, there's no evidence of or aliens. We don't have, you know, that's just crazy. And then somebody says, well, that's not exactly true. And then all of a sudden they unfold, you know, this um, hidden program having to do with um you know, UFOs, UAPs, the modern term. Um, it's really hard for us to give up UFOs, and I don't think we should. I think it's fine to use both if that's what we must. Um, UFO was stigmatized, so I guess they had to let it go. But honestly, we still all, are all using that. 
um, certainly the the generations of people who have been using that term, or I guess not too many generations because it hasn't been around that long, but enough of us still use it. Um, the Fermi paradox has said that logically, and this this originated um, through a casual dis discussion that Enrico Fermi had in um, 1950 with some fellow physicists. And they were talking in those days about how UFOs were in the news then too. And so the question that Fermi asked at lunch was, paraphrased, where are they? Where Where is everybody? That there was no evidence and that you would have to include because there was no evidence that they must be very rare. We're just not seeing them. And the interesting thing, and I just discovered in an article um, something new, a new wrinkle that, or it seems relatively new, I haven't seen it before, um, that's been discussed, called the dark forest hypothesis. In this, people assume that they're everywhere, that there could be ETs on all kinds of planets out there, and it's all assumed that they must be technological, right? Because, you know, that's the only way to be advanced. Huge, huge assumption. Huge assumption we'll discuss here in a minute. And that they're all hiding. They're hiding as if they live in a dark and scary forest. And there are all these hostile ETs around that if they emit any signal at all to reveal their existence, one of these hostile, um, even if you don't even know if they're out there, um, but the assumption is that some hostile alien species could come and destroy you or take over your planet. So you hide as if in a dark forest, and it's a very dark and scary forest that they're talking about. People also have been discussing, because when I searched for this, just, you know, what are people saying in the news? Um, well, apparently Elon Musk is thinking it has to do that, that most of these um, species would have developed artificial intelligence. And um, I didn't actually get too into his, um, and I guess um, come to think of it, I may have seen the dark forest hypothesis before in some way. It's just it was raised in the, the news just now. But so the, the thing is about AI is that too has kind of a where are they aspect because it seems that um, they would have the capability to search, you know, exhaustively. Really advanced AI would be able to really search for any signals. Like they would have found us. Um, and so they would make themselves visible, presumably. There are other ways of looking at this. I cannot say what truly is going on with 
these orbs or these vehicles, however you want to describe it, possibly even creatures. Um, I think that we know that technological development is indeed possible. So there could certainly be species who somehow manage to get down that deadly path because there are many, and in fact there was a study on this as well recently, saying that most technological development likely leads to utter destruction. And even that I can supersede with spirituality in a moment. So one could logically presume, just looking at our own species from a strictly materialistic sense, there's a high likelihood of destroying ourselves. And so you'll never get to the point of advanced space travel, time travel, has been raised as a possibility. These could be time travelers. Um, and yes, you know, the, the possibility of time travel is um, a known thing. Um, within our science, we can speculate that that is possible. We can theorize that that is possible. I would also say and I don't know if this came up during the hearing, I haven't heard it discussed in the discussion afterwards, is we don't even know what's under our own oceans. And if there was something interdimensional going on within our own space, it wasn't not necessarily even far away, although how you define space in that particular way um, is a bit tricky. But... Um, we don't know our full environment. So you, if you want to talk about one possible place that they're originating is it could be from our own oceans. That is absolutely a possible theory. Um, and they're thinking they're in a dark forest here on this planet, which they really are, or they just don't want to deal with us because they may be more advanced. Well, they would be presumably more advanced, although I don't know if they would be emotionally or spiritually or ethically more advanced. But for whatever reason, they kind of keep to themselves most of the time. So that's a possibility physically. But the thing that we're not thinking about are the spiritual implications here. What could make all these planets go quiet? That doesn't mean that there is not intelligent life on the planets. It may mean that they grew beyond technology and became spiritual species. They became truly multidimensional species in the sense that they had multidimensional awareness. Such a species would be able to use remote viewing um, to see what's going on. Their very consciousness and knowing the omnipresence that exists, being a part of that consciously, would allow them to extend their consciousness anywhere from anywhere or any when. That is a much, much deeper area of exploration. And we are not doing nearly 
enough scientific research on this planet. Well, it may be going on behind the scenes. I mean, you had the the men who stare at goats, so to speak. I mean, I'm not so naive as to think that, that there isn't some research going on, but it certainly isn't openly discussed that there is more to this reality than meets the eye. And those of us who have had true spiritual experiences or are doing spiritual research, we know that there are things that don't add up in strictly material reality and that evidence is emerging. And um, I go back to the Indiana Jones movie again. That really got me. I mentioned it last week. Um, There's a scene, not giving anything away, where one of the characters, um, he has a theory about time. And it's a rather adventurous theory. And um, Indiana Jones says to his friend that, um, yeah, but, you know, and he's trying to prove it. I mean, I'm probably stating this incorrectly, not exact from the movie. I've only seen it once in the theater. Um, And so his friend is in the process of attempting to validate a hypothesis he has. And Indiana Jones basically says that if he hasn't proven it, he says proving it is science. And he doesn't mean the process of proving it. You see, the process of proving something is absolutely science. It's not just once you think you have the proof. And how many times has something been superseded where we thought reality was was such a way and then we discovered we were wrong? That is science. So his friend was actually engaged in science and was also, without really giving much away at all, it turned out his theories, you know, um, they kind of unfolded right before our eyes. So proof arose, so to speak. We have to get away from this truly false, false view of science. It is not science to say that science is only what we've proven. Because then you have to say, well, have you proven it 100%? Because, you know, what about Newtonian physics? I mean, that ended up being superseded. We've been so sure of ourselves. That's science. Science is the one hand going up in the room saying, "Um, excuse me, but what about this? And it's not what about ism either. I hate that term. It's that lone person. Often it's just a few people who have a notion. They've seen something. They know something. Something isn't adding up. And so they explore. They have a hypothesis. They look for evidence. They start developing things. That's science. That's true science. The other kind is just a slammed door. And the way we go about it in this culture, you know, who gets the funding and, you know, does it, um, is it going to be lucrative for this, this entity or that entity or within alignment of whatever they, they want it to be? That, none of that is science. That has nothing to do with science. So um, we really need to move away. I mean, it can have something to do with it. Sure, you can find real things that way, but we're really 
um, hampering all of our exploration right now. And this hostility is not going to help us. So in many ways, this hearing does, though it emphasizes materialism, that does at least explore something that's outside the box. That we have to give it credit for because we don't do that enough. And yes, it does open the door to things that need to be discussed. And I saw something one day. I really felt that what I observed was something material and it happened at such a time, you know, I wasn't looking for it or anything. I was engaged in this conversation and my day just went on normally. I mean, I thought about it after that and many people have observed things and I saw that just at my booths at a local UFO festival some years ago. How just truly honest people. One guy was in law enforcement and he told me, um, that he had seen something on the road, a um, very brave fellow. He was kind of hesitant to walk up to me and talk to me. And um, he wasn't in uniform, and so I wasn't sure, um, you know, maybe he wasn't for real. But then as I was cleaning up later, he was like saying, I saw him, he was saying hello to his friends, you know, different people who were helping with the festival who were either firefighters or in law enforcement or something. So clearly he was, you know, he was who he said and, he had seen something. Many people have seen things. There are many experiences that have been reported. We do live in a material world, but we do not live in a strictly material world. There are certainly material aspects to our world. We're not just flying around as light beings right now. Yeah. So what's happened, what we're exploring and the fact that there is some honesty going on, and yes, that word disclosure, many are saying, well, disclosure has happened now. And I've even had some, you know, that's been an interest of mine to some degree. Not as much as some people, but yes, the phenomenon, there's something about it that has captivated me as well, and not just the spiritual. These civilizations, these theories that we have, I heard another one a while back that, oh, we're not seeing the signals because they developed the technology to basically go to sleep. You know, they're, they're all merged with AI now and, um, you know, they're, they're just kind of sleeping and they're not emitting any, any signals. I mean, the, sure, sure, that's possible, I guess. But what if, what if we discovered, because so many times it's our own pride where we think our current stage of development is, well, that's just got to be it. That's the end all be all. We are advanced. You know, we are just, what we're doing right now has got to be the way it's done, the way that it'll always be done. And what if it is just a phase? Go see the movie 2001. Uh, you probably can't go see it unless it's at a, <laughs> some kind of retrospect. I actually saw a really cute little movie on cable. I just DVR'd it one day. I, it, it has the date 
the movie itself is the date the first Star Wars was out. So I think the exact title is 52577. And there's this kid in the movie and how he became, it's actually an autobiographical story. He became a special effects artist and, and he actually ended up directing this film, I guess, not super famous, um, but um, or at least not that I really known, but he's clearly worked on big projects. But he talks about um, trying to understand 2001, and I tell you, there's a scene in that movie where they're showing people in the original audience in the theater how they depict it, watching the end of 2001 and the looks on their faces, and I just laughed out loud because nobody got it. I mean, it's like, what in the heck is this? You know, but this kid who was really young, he was totally captivated by it. And then he spends, as he grows up, he's always theorizing about it. It's, it's a fun little movie if you come across it. But it has, and of course it was based on the work of Arthur C. Clarke. And the thing about 2001 is how it shows the age of tools. And really, it's a rather, we reach the pinnacle. This is my interpretation of this part. Um, where, you know, you got the apes playing with the bone at the beginning and they use a tool and then they develop and then then you show the pinnacle of the age of tools, spaceships and everything. And then what's next? Consciousness. The live show is ending soon. Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can find more about this program. I need to update it, but it's out there. And thank you to Blog Talk Radio featuring this show um, in the number one slot live while it's been live and also before the show I saw it in that slot. I appreciate that support. This is a longtime show on Blog Talk Radio, um, and I appreciate that. So you can find the podcast on Blog Talk Radio after I'm done, which should be soon, or many podcast platforms. The thing about 2001, and Childhood's End is another one, although I don't like how loveless the ending is, because if these children, I hate to try not to give too much away there, but um, if these children really were evolved, there would be love. In fact, we're going to go into that a little bit before I end. Um, understanding that greater realm that's available, the omnipresent realm, that is truly advancement. That is truly our next step. We do not know how many technological civilizations survive. Some may. One must think that some make it. I'm not sure you'd want to meet some of those because they may not be the most ethical species. Many do not. I think it's perfectly logical to assume that many do not survive their own industrialization and technological phases. Or if they do survive, perhaps something greater comes into play to help them. 2001 does show an example of that way of looking at things. We need to expand our thinking in every way. 
this impacts every part of life, not just, you know, the popular topic of the week, of the era maybe, depending on where it goes. We need to expand our thinking, our research, how we think about what is intelligent life. One of my other areas I'm exploring more and more, and I have done some exploratory shows on it. I'm going to take this much deeper, though, because I worked in AI at the very beginning, and I'm not going to get into all of that again, but um, how are we defining intelligence? How does that relate to intuition? What about intuitive leaps? How can that be simulated? Can that be simulated short of AI becoming conscious in a way that is not the nuts and bolts kind of consciousness, that is the more mystical kind of consciousness? What about mysticism? What about what many civilizations have observed through the ages? What about what people are observing today? And some are even working on researching. We only cut our futures short by feeling so very limited. But there's hope because those of us who have seen it, no. We're there it's not just seeing it. Some of these synchronicities and some of the things that can happen and some of the observations that you can make are so very tangible and statistically unlike I can't speak again. It means the show's almost over. Statistically unlikely that we know there is something real here, real with a capital R, worthy of exploration. Imagine a species that has developed telekinesis. That species could protect their planet from an asteroid or from any. They could just shield themselves. They could just push it away. I wrote a story about this years ago. These are higher skills. Yes, remote viewing. That's another one. When you become aware and tapped in to omnipresence, you can see through that lens. Literally see see through the eyes of others who are tapped in or even not tapped in. Omnipresence is the next frontier for humanity. That is my hope. Even if we manage to destroy most of us, those who remain, perhaps they will once again derive a new way of being and one could hope that it wouldn't be so fearful 
spirituality and fear don't really go together. But far too often, belief systems over the years, I mean, look at um, civilizations which felt they had to appease some, appease the gods, so to speak. Look at the Mayans, for example. You know, maybe they saw a number of things. Um, you know, the Egyptians, um, the the mystery schools in those days, they were looking at things. But in terms of how they behaved, it wasn't very advanced. Could we move into a time where there really is an awareness of unconditional love that feels so very soft, doesn't it, and even unscientific? Just because it's a powerful force, actually, that's quite scientific if it's a force, just because it's something that we think is just, oh, you know, that's just um, a feeling, whatever. Finding that space of empathy, of consciousness, of spirituality is the key to surviving, to working together, to letting go of the things that lead to such utter darkness, dark behavior, the selfishness. Having an awareness of our partnership with the earth, with the stars, knowing that there are other species out there that are truly advanced, more advanced than we are in their understanding of how connected they are to everything and every being. This would truly change us. I never lose hope in what is possible. So, thank you for those of you who are clearly now listening in the podcast. Um, Again, this program does air live most Saturdays, and I don't see any breaks coming up, um, at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the site. Um, A little bit more about me also on lightedbridge.com. And I am starting, I've done a lot of work for others in the spiritual community, which I will continue to do. But in parallel, I'm also working on developing some of my own outreach, some of my own projects, things that I've been working on for a long time in many cases, and really trying to pull it all together and get more information out on those things and do some more research. So that will continue to to develop, and this show will certainly continue. And um, I'm Susan Larison Dance again, and I hope to see you next time. Take care, everyone.